it's always like it, like I'm at this point now where like everything I do, it's gonna take me like five minutes to half an hour to like fully be engaged and be like, okay, like this is so great. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing something else. Because those first five, ten minutes or whatever, I'm like, fuck, I should be doing something else. <laughs> I should yep. not be enjoying yeah. this. Like this is really bad. So okay, you run the to-do list in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I like, hey, I need more foreplay, please. I can't I gotta switch gears. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. And it's very strange for me because I was I'm I had that super type B personality and I literally didn't give a shit. <laughs> like I didn't give a shit in like college and I'm like, what? Like that assignment. She would doing, take like, naps a- on her yeah, desk. Yeah, all the time. Like I'm just like, <laughs> nap time. And now at I'm the just health like, center and stuff. Yeah, I'm trying at to- Mississippi State fuck, Health Center. Fuck yes. That's yes. awesome. Yes. <laughs> and every everything could wait. I was like, everything can wait. It's fine. Yeah. And Brooke's like, it's literally not fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I now, mean, yeah, and now I feel like so much of Brooke, and I'm like, damn, has Brooke like been dealing with this shit like her <laughs> whole life? Because I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> See, now you know. But the thing is, like, everything can wait. It just, it just shows up at like the wrong time. So you're like, oh fuck, it's eight p.m. <laughs> I gotta do this shit. Like, yeah. that's due in four hours. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely pros <laughs> and cons. But we're gonna figure it out, guys. It's, it's, yeah, like for sure. I'm, but I'm don't air this to, because the people need to know that we know what we're doing. Okay. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I was like, I was like, can we post this whole thing and just be like, hey guys, we're all fucking suffering. So please subscribe to the podcast. Um, no, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's not that it like obviously we don't want like us to struggle, but it's always good to to hear and be like, okay, okay, yeah. like this is normal. We're all, going especially if you're this. like a small business owner, yeah. entrepreneur, you're like. Fuck, I just got to keep doing this. I think it's normal that, like, I feel happy as shit, but I feel like I'm in a house that's also on fire collapsing around me at the same time. <laughs> Always. I'm yeah. so yeah. stoked about it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is comforting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We should redo <laughs> our one here. Ro, you should I, get I, our, le- our logo redone, and it can just be like a fire, and we can all be sitting in it. Smiling. <laughs> we should no more health unfiltered and like it's still health unfiltered. It's just like shits just on fire like... and we're happy about it. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Health Unfiltered podcast. My name is Brooke West, and I am joined by my two best friends, Ro and Nicole. What's up, y'all? What's up? Hey, hey, it's a Tuesday. It's different. Oh, it is a Tuesday. I know, right? (laughs) My body's very confused. Yeah. (laughs) But tomorrow's Monday. Mm -mm -mm. How are you guys doing tonight? What are we drinking? I hope we're drinking. Of course. Had a rough day. I pulled out... A local beer. I don't normally drink beer on the pod, so but it's getting warm and I'm kind of like feeling something crisp and refreshing. And it Ooh. is from Jackalope Brewing here in Nashville and it's called Lovebird. So this is what the can looks like. Classic Lovebird. Oh, I see there's like a pixelated image. In my I know. Awesome. <laughs> I see some pixelated looks colors. Beautiful. Looks beautiful. <laughs> I saw, saw like some pink. Saw some blue. It's like a lot of like pastels and it's just happy spring colors. Yeah, but it's a wheat saw. beer with um, strawberries and raspberries infused. Ooh. Is, it, is it good? Because the last raspberry thing I had made me want to die. So. Oh my God. 
I think it's good. I've had that was a couple of podcasts ago. She's like, eh, I'm gonna wait till she. Yes, it's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> you can She's definitely like, taste so the good. the berries. It's pretty strong, but it's definitely very refreshing and tasty. These schnozberries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> uh, I love that movie. <laughs> what do you? I have. Um, on this past weekend, we had like a get together finally because we're all vaccinated. Um, so I had a like a variety pack of different seltzers because it was like it's been like 80. And I was like, why do I feel like I want a seltzer? I've never been a seltzer guy. <laughs> um, but I bought a variety pack from Marble Brewing. This is in town and their tangerine one is bomb. It's so good. Um, it, it tastes like I'm having like a, a creamsicle. Uh, like an orange creamsicle so it's so weird because it's clear like watching you sip it (laughs) yeah um and it's good now it's probably it was a lot better when i was drunk but um still good still good yeah (laughs) you can bomb them so easily i had like five and i was like oh wow they're basically drinking water (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) this is healthy and they're only 100 calories and i had no idea but that's so funny well i'm don't be embarrassed guys don't be embarrassed of me a white claw i'm guessing yeah (laughs) what (laughs) i've still never had one no laws on the health i did not get the seltzer memo (laughs) i'm not even a fan i just honestly was like fuck it and i opened the fridge and it was (laughs) sitting there (laughs) white girl wasted I think you I've, know only, I've only Basic. had it once. You sound like a Trulies girl. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. They're okay. I think people are like the black cherry one is like, like you're having black cherries. I'm like, I've never had an actual black cherry. So <laughs> you've never. I would. Oh, I was like, I don't think so. That's black. I was thinking of blackberries. I was like, what? You've never had. Black I don't berries? think I've had blackberries either. I don't. Uh, what? I don't, what? They're delicious know. and good for you. I, I like. High I like fiber. blueberries. I mean, are we shocked? Ro doesn't drink water either. Okay. Okay. <laughs> whoa. 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 Okay. First of all, little life update. I have been drinking my water. It's Ro been is like hydrated a month as fuck. and a half. I got I a hydro I jug. At least, no, I get at least a hundred ounces a day, okay, which is half of my body weight. So I think it's fine. Uh, hashtag proud. And then hashtag proud. And uh, now because I have more time, and I'm like, oh, I should actually make breakfast. I'm so used to having like Eggo waffles or protein shake, and then just like out the door, like whatever. But like now, I'm like making omelets, having it with either potatoes from the air fryer. Or a bagel. I'm having my Greek yogurt. And I just like sit down and it's like 7 a.m. And I'm like, I feel like I'm a kid again. Like I'm just eating and the sun is out. I'm like, oh, yeah, bre- <laughs> breakfast is cool again. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's changed anything in my life. I think maybe I'm having more <laughs> solid poops. But like, I don't know. You're not that, as constipated? So. It's no, changing I, because I, I've never. I've, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's something. You can't see but... all the good change in your body. You know? <laughs> Some of I'm checking just... all of my biomarkers and none of them are changing. So, oh my god! No, but yeah, Lies. it's been it's been it, yeah yeah, it's been it's been cool. I have enjoyed it. It's been uh, nine days just straight, and I just make it part of my um, part of my routine. Now, nine so. days of water or nine days of breakfast? No, it's been like a month and a half of water, but oh. nine days of breakfast, <laughs> just like getting up, eating it, whatever. So there we Amazing. go. I know. I'm drinking the watermelon Truly white claw. This thing is not good. Ooh. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it would be. I feel like I'm gonna just drink already it, so like watery. You know? I don't know why I picked it. It was tangerine, watermelon, or lemon. Lemon sounded terrible. <laughs> Fake lemon? Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, no, sounds gross. Not Paige, get another one. 
Or Page Brian, whoever's there. On it. <laughs> oh, man. Lord have mercy. Okay. So, you guys ready for the question of the week? Let's get Let's it. Let's do it. This kind of stems from our last podcast. Our, our most recent episode, if you didn't listen to it, was about mass gaining. We just dove Games. right in. Um, super fun. Our friend Kirsten was on the pod. That was great. So, this kind of stems from that. The question is, when working on mass gaining goals, how important is it to be consistent? <laughs> well, um, can I guess since I don't really know the answer? You go ahead. Go right ahead. You start us off. <laughs> I would say yes. <laughs> yeah. How important is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got it wrong. <laughs> yes, important. No, I mean, I, it's... It's so funny, uh, just because like, and it's a fair question, right? Um, obviously, the the thing you're most consistent at in life, you're gonna get better at. So like, this is the same thing where if you are more consistent, then you're going to, it's gonna be better. Um, I don't, you know, I think that that means you still like try your hardest, and you don't just like, you know, if you like fuck up one day, it doesn't mean you're like it's over. Like I, I'm not gonna be big anymore. But if you look at like the top level Olympia like bodybuilders and it's all their life, right? That's all they do. But they are eating every meal. They're sleeping eight hours a day. They're hitting every training practice. And that's why, I mean that and a lot of other reasons, they look the way they do and, and there's consistent gains. But like, does that mean, you know, if we're, again, it kind of goes back to what I said before. If you have like multiple B days, that's so much better than two a days and three f days and then two more c days like Mm -hmm. but that's you consistently getting b's like that's much better than every now and then you're hitting a's so i I think that that's such a huge part and why people get so disheartened too because they're like fuck i've done like crunches every day but i don't see my abs yet (laughs) like yeah man it uh it takes a lot of time so and the food thing is much worse or better or harder to be consistent about than than lifting for sure absolutely i do like oh you have to train 45 minutes to two hours a day compared to you have to eat multiple times and sleep and do everything absolutely i think that it we also need to remember yes it's really important to be consistent but that doesn't mean it has to be perfect on the nose i'm hitting everything by the gram by the calorie that's just that's not the case. Um, and I know personally in the nutrition part of it, I usually can set a range for someone like this is an optimal range. This is an optimal range. If we can get within that range, that's a win. And I find that people respond a little bit better to that, but they're consistently within that range. And mm-hmm. that's where you're going to see the progress. And I do think so. I, I mean, we always say this um you know, going the other direction, we're working on fat loss goals, right? Like you got to be consistent. You can't go out on the weekend and it's a freaking free for all and you're eating, you know, Mississippi State cheese fries and drinking all night. That's not how it works. And it's the same exact thing. It's the same (laughs) exact thing with mass gaining. Totally is. Like you you just, and I know it's hard. And so I think the, my biggest piece of advice for someone who might be struggling with this is build it up slowly. You know, if you, maybe the goal is like, okay, I'm going to hit it, hit my goals two out of seven days, three out of seven days. For some people, it's better to do those steps like that than to start a little more aggressively. So just be honest and this is a, you know, know yourself and what you can handle and just slowly build up. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I had a, um, I still have a, a bodybuilding athlete. He just, he hasn't competed in so long and life has been so different and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he's like, I just want to get back into lifting and being healthy. And I was like, cool. Like, let's make a plan, whatever. And in the past month, he, he only did five out of 12 of the training sessions that I'd put in. And, uh, he was, and he's, he's, he's one of my best friends, but like, you know, there's a time where you're like, Hey, stop being a little bitch. And like, you know, you get to bro out, whatever. But I was like, Hey man, you hit five out of 12. Like, that's really great because before you were doing zero out of 12 for this next month, let's just get six. Like, that's it. Like that right there. It's consistent. Does that mean he's going to get huge? Of course not. You know, like, but if we can get him to slowly be more consistent and then work out and then from there get back to eating how he was eating then that's going to be so much better but i mean imagine if i was like hey bro you gotta you gotta do twice as many workouts as you're used to like go for it and like i did nothing else and he's he's bound to fail so yeah it'd be way too overwhelming yeah shout out to you joey little peanut brain i love that kid (laughs) so loving (laughs) on that note um what the hell are we talking about tonight? So we're talking about the endocannabinoid system. I'm pumped. Rose pumped. I think Coco's pumped too. I'm (laughs) pumped. So we're going to talk about the endocannabinoid system, CBD, why it matters, does it even matter, potential implications. You know, like, is it bullshit? I don't know. Should we be taking it? Has Roe just totally become a CBD shill? We got we got a lot to talk about, really. <laughs> I'm just uh, what is it? Pouring the foundation for my eventual CBD supplement. I'm like, you guys got to get it. Everyone's got to be on it. <laughs> Pretty soon, he's gonna be posting like selfies, like hashtag ad. And <laughs> yes, I use this, this CBD this bottle this. sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man. <laughs> we'll see it. Maybe. Who knows? Amazing. Well, let's like start said, off with... Never mind. Just kidding. Nope. Go you got to say it. <laughs> I'm just like, like we've said a million times, Ro is going to get his PhD and he's 100% not going to use it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm really hoping he he's just like starts some weird CBD Patreon or something. <laughs> a CBD influencer? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, go ahead. The goal. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Weird rabbit hole we could go down with Rose Future. <laughs> but refocusing. Let's focus on this rabbit hole, yeah. What exactly is the endocannabinoid system? Let's start with the basics. Yeah. So um, the endocannabinoid system is uh, it's like a system within your body like like anything else. You know, we have like hormonal systems, muscular systems. Um, but specifically, it's an endogenous lipid-based neurotransmitter system. And really what that means is that like you you do make uh, endocannabinoids um, that are the best way to think about them is like they're they're a fat molecule um, and they help with uh, neurons, specifically transmitting um, neural, uh, I guess, uh, processes. So, you know, how you're able to, to do things really relates to your brain being able to say, I'm going to move my hand and now, you know, now my hand is moving. Um, and really what those do is they combine or they bind with cannabinoid receptors and cannabinoid receptor proteins. So it's really just like a whole system that is fairly new um, that may be responsible for a couple things and then may act with a couple other things. So... 
We have our main endocannabinoid that our body kind of produces is anandamide. Um, but I think when people think of like cannabinoids, they think more about like uh, marijuana, so like THC and CBD and things like that. Um, but really what we found out is so far is that like there's two main cannabinoid receptors and that's CB1 and CB2. Uh, and CB receptors can be found like all over the place, which is why I think it, they're really cool uh, and why like that's kind of why my research is heading in the way it is. Um, but there's there's two classes, so CB1 and CB2. Um, and CB1 are found mostly within like the central nervous system. So when we think about like the brain and the spine and like shooting out neural processes, like that's mostly where you're going to find CB1. Um, specifically in the brain, you're going to have it in like the cerebellum, the cortex, the hippocampus. So like just a bunch of different parts of the brain that are like really important for our survival and like completing tasks and, and keeping us alive and stuff. Um, CB2 receptors are mainly in the peripheral nervous system. So, you know, what our like hands are doing and what our feet are doing. And, and so that's kind of why I focus so much more on those and CBD because it relates to muscle. Um, and that's, that's me. I'm a, I'm a muscle guy. I'm a muscle scientist. So, um, yeah, CB2 receptors, um, are coupled with G proteins. And really all this means is that like they act to, or at least they can, inhibit like voltage gates and calcium channels uh, or voltage gated calcium channels and um, potassium channels. And if you know, you know, like basic biology, like those are channels that are necessary for like energy flux and like to do things. And which is why we always preach like, hey, you should have an ample amount of electrolytes. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to like function properly. Um, so they kind of help with with those processes. And really maybe um, important for uh, muscle action. So just like doing anything throughout the day. Um, it's really interesting because, and I'll say it's really interesting, maybe every other sentence because I love this shit. It's been really cool. It's kind of consumed my life for the past eight months. Um, that's all I read about now in my free time. Um, so, you know, sorry if you're like, well, he thinks everything's interesting. Like, Fuck you, I do. Um, but anyway, uh, we love the quality. CB res- <laughs> I know, right? Authenticity. Uh, <laughs> Cannabis receptors—they—they uh, they work in the same kind of way that opioids do, or like within those same pathways. Um, and it makes sense because, like, when when you think about like an opioid, like it kind of like it brings you down. You got you have that high sensation, kind of like when you have like smoke marijuana so i've been told i don't know i've never smoked that that's not a joke um but it's that same kind of feeling of being <laughs> i am like, shook right now love it. Love it all. i'm Rewind. like i'm like opioids for sure we no i couldn't do that it's immoral, opioids. Uh, <laughs> it's immoral. <laughs> <laughs> i've had my own oh, nice. fair share of opioids but um yeah so it's like when you when you know that like that they're like co-localized or they're they're pretty similar um you can kind of, again, think back to their ability to like numb pain, but CBD, because it has receptors all over the place, can work to numb pain peripherally and centrally, whereas opioids just kind of like do your your brain and your spine. Um, from my wow. understanding, you don't have like opioid pathways in the peripheral system. Um, and that's why like CBD and uh, THC, so specifically like marijuana, um, people are advocating more for it when it comes to pain management because like not only is it less addictive or like not addictive depending on who you ask, but there's an ability for it to kind of 
actually heal the peripheral system as opposed to just being like, we're just going to numb the fucking pain and deal with it. And even though things like don't get better. Um, so yeah, that's like one of the, one of the really cool things that I like that I found out. Um, but just like every other like drug or substance, um, there's like, there's a high and low for, for what you can and can't handle, obviously person to person. But if you have high amounts, like what it can do is it can work as an inhibitor. So for people that suffer from like ticks or tremors or Parkinson's, that's really great because then it can get you to kind of like calm down more and like your muscle um, synapses aren't firing all the time. Um, but if you have low doses, it can make you hyperactive. I don't know it, it, in what state that would be a good thing. Um, it kind of, if I think about like maybe as a pre-workout, right, it doesn't make sense to me either because what you're doing is you're really kind of telling the body to relax before you go into a high energy activity like lifting or whatever. Um, so I don't know any specific examples like why that might <laughs> why that might be a good thing. Um, but, you do know, high and low amounts do that. Sorry, do people advocate for that to be used pre-workout? You know, I, not that I've seen, but anecdotally, uh, I have uh, a couple friends and um, I've had some clients that they would like, they would smoke before they worked out because it helped them zone in. Um, but in my mind, like, I also know that, yeah, you like may feel like you're zoned in more, but your synapses aren't firing as efficiently. Like you are, you are slower. That's kind of the whole point. So like, how zoned in can you be if you're leaving like five, 10, 15% on the table? So that's why I don't, I would never really advocate for it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to advocate for later, but yeah, pre-work, pre-workout, I don't think it would make a lot of sense, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it might also make the experience like very enjoyable or more enjoyable because, uh, the dopamine receptors are co-localized on this, on the CB receptors. Um, which is really cool again, because, you know, if, if you have, if you smoke marijuana and you get the THC and the CBD, then those, those release dopamine, those kind of give you those, those like high feelings where you're like, oh yeah, like life is so good. I feel so good. Um, and so, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if we can kind of release those dopamines without THC and just with CBD for people who, maybe get very anxious when they smoke or when they have THC. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit later about how the CB1 receptors don't really work with CBD. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out with endocannabinoids and how it may relate to the runner's high that we get and how it may relate to like, sometimes you smash a set or something and you're like, fuck yeah, this is the best I've ever felt. Um, I don't I don't know if you've ever you guys have ever lifted like in a one rep max right when you like do like a the heaviest thing ever you like black out right where you're like holy shit this is awesome I did it but like I don't remember it a couple of weeks ago I was doing like a high rep uh I think it was an AMRAP deadlift and I hit something like 22 uh reps at like 300 something I don't remember <laughs> Soto Flex but I remember like a moment where there was this like I euphoria there's no other way for me to explain it where i just felt like i was like i can literally go for 80 more reps and hit 100 pounds like everything felt good i felt like i was flying and that had never happened to me before mostly because who the fuck does more than 20 reps um but i was just kind of like punching it punching it and it was really great 
And I wonder now if like those two things are related, like if that had anything to do with like, you know, uh, the work, uh, I don't know, activating the endocannabinoid system or something, but, um, yeah, maybe, maybe that's why runner's high is a thing. And, and maybe that's why like consistent work at a certain workload of like 70, 80%, like people are like, fuck, fuck yeah, this feels so great. But I knows? love how you're going on like a lifting spirit journey. I've never <laughs> understood the runner's high. Never gotten yeah, it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. And what? No, I, Coco, yeah. even when we ran a half marathon, I didn't. Uh-uh. It's just pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, that's like, that's one of the really cool things though. Like if it is pain, right? But if you, for us, but for those of you that, that do get the runner's high, it's like, there is no pain. It's like you are high, like you're numb. And there's like this feeling of, and this is like the most woo woo I'll ever fucking sound, but you're like, I'm connected to the world and whatever. That's what I assume runner's high is like. You but just feel like, like you could go forever. Like you're not tired. I'm pretty sure yeah. you're describing you're shrooms, happy. bro. But <laughs> yeah. It just sounds I'm like, it, yeah, it anyway, let's all take shrooms. Like we're high. <laughs> Why work out? Let's just yeah. all get high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also working out might get you high uh, based off of this this system here. So, so interesting. Um, and people are researching yeah, it's, that? Yeah, it's been really cool to, to learn about. Yeah, so uh, I mean, one of the the big studies I'll talk about that like blew my mind came out, and it was uh, from 2019. Um, one came out this year on CBD and rats and DOMS. Or no, sorry, that was yeah, it was rats, but it was for anabolic stimulation, and then it was for humans and DOMS. And then I'm doing my research on that, so there's a lot of a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. So. Um, yeah, hopefully it kind of not only for exercise, but like for people with like disease states or for people that have like sarcopenia, like, you know, your mm-hmm. your muscles are getting older and kind of losing, they're wasting away. Like, will that help? Um, and then maybe even stuff with like muscle cachexia, which is like muscles being destroyed via cancer and other stuff like that. So, yeah, it could be it could be like the next big thing. But, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to hype it up as that yet. Well, I think even based on what you're saying about the receptors, it seems like, you know, you know, you're describing there needs to be more research, but mm-hmm. it also appears like this might be superior to opioids, which have been kind of the standard for pain management. And, yeah. you know, so maybe there's some really helpful, you know, application there with CBD for sure. Yeah. So when people think of cannabinoids, I know it's a big word that encompasses a lot of things, but we think about <laughs> cannabis. But what exactly is CBD? How does it actually differ from cannabis? Are there different types of CBD? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So um, I think when we think of a, like a cannabinoid, we think of like cannabis. So it's, it's like marijuana, right? Um, marijuana has two main components. THC is like what gets you high and CBD um, we think is, is that other part that kind of calms you down. And, uh, again, like I'm not very familiar with this stuff and I, I should probably start smoking to be like, I'm just researching. Um, but you Mark, know, this is market research. There, there's like certain, yeah, <laughs> there's certain strains that like have more THC and less CBD and more CBD and less THC. Um, and they all apparently do different things to people. And, you know, people are like, I feel really anxious. So I have this kind, or I really just want to 
have my body like float so i'll have this kind um but really that that's all that like the the main components of marijuana are like thc and cbd and so thc like i said it gets you high and cbd does all these other things when it comes to kind of like putting you at a parasympathetic state um without getting you high which is what thc does um as i talked before there's cb1 and cb2 receptors mostly i think that's kind of all we know um but THC works to, or at least um, connects with CB1, whereas CBD can't to CB1 and can only really uh, combine with CB2 receptors. And so when we talk about studies later, it's going to be really interesting because a lot of those studies have been done with CBD and THC or just THC or CBD. So it's kind of difficult to to us for sure to say like, yeah, it does A, B, and C because it was like, well, this had a little bit of THC in it. So maybe it was all the THC and maybe it wasn't actually CBD. Um, but yeah, the the reason why I think people kind of look at CBD as a, like, um, uh, as a suppressant for anti-inflammatories and stuff is because CB1 receptors, like I said, are mostly like in the central nervous system which is why you would imagine yourself floating when you're high and stuff whereas cb2 receptors are peripheral they are on immune cells and so when you think about activating those then it's like oh well maybe it's healthier because i'm getting a better immune response or i'm able to kind of shut down those um pro-inflammatories that if we get too much of can be pretty detrimental to our health um, but that's really all it is is that cbd is a component of marijuana and it's uh the legal component i guess even though shout out to new york for uh <laughs> uh making marijuana legal so but yeah i think a wave is coming oh, yeah. i think it's changing yeah but... i think so too especially there's so much money <laughs> involved oh with yeah that. um ro in the research that you've read so far do they ever distinguish between like i think i'm um, full spectrum CBD versus like isolate or like, is that important in deciphering between those two things when researching? Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know because it, it all, it all depends on where the researchers got their source and, and if they can, uh, pull up, um, like accredited papers. So, um, the CBD cream that I'm using is coming from a company that is very well established and they can give me each batch, how much is in each batch, like, so I get to say, like, okay, this is the exact percentage of, you know, THC and CBD that's in it. And I need that for IRB, right? Because if they're like, you're going to be getting people high, we, we can't do this. But also as a company, they're like, no, this is like full spectrum. It's it's pure grown from Colorado, like blah, 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 blah. Um, that's really good stuff, you know, or, or so we assume. Like, I don't know if there's better stuff. Um, but... I don't know, because if you're doing research, like you could just go and buy 40 tubs of whatever and be like, we're just using this like should be good enough. But if it's not labeled, then you don't know. Um, and it's so much of it might just be marketing gimmicks like what the hell is full spectrum? What's half spectrum? You know, what's mm -hmm. I, I don't know what these things mean. Um, and some of them, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just that we use the full the the full like hemp seed as opposed to the dirt around it or some stuff. So. Um, I can't give like a, a full answer to that, but as always, anytime you're reading any study, you should be weary of 
their sources and kind of where yeah. they got stuff and who paid money and whatnot. But that's a really good question. Look for those um, details. I know yeah, the CBD, always. like I personally use, um, they also do third party testing for purity testing. standards. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Love it. All organic um, out of Oregon. And I know that it does have, you know, trace amounts of THC, but I've also heard people make the argument and I'm curious if like the research kind of matched this of it's important that there is a little bit of THC, even if it's not enough to get you high. Some people argue that you need that full spectrum of the full plant to get those benefits. So I'll be like, you know, not to steal your line, but I'm going to be super (laughs) interested to see how all this new research shakes out. Yeah, and, and I think that's fair. Uh, and I don't know how much of that has to do with um, the fact that, like, you, it's probably good for the for the plant health and the, the molecular stability to have THC in it. Um, but so much of it could just be that, we're like, we just don't have the technology to, to fully separate it. Um, if that ever comes through, you know, even if you can do that, is it is it worth it? Um, I don't know if you ever noticed, but I think legally you can't say that it's THC-free but you can say it's 0.00% THC free because you can have up to 0.00, I think three before it becomes like traceable or before it like may pop on a, on a marijuana test. Um, So that is, is fair uh, because, you know, you should be marketing well, but also like you said, there just inherently is some THC that comes along with it, but it doesn't get you high but also when we think about CB1 and CB2 receptors, it may be really good for like the full effect of, you know, um, stimulated the, the endocannabinoid system. So, yeah. Sorry, just burp. Oh, I'm dying. How's that seltzer taste <sighs> coming back up? No, it's, it's that. But also like right before it, uh, I was like, hey, you know, I was like in a rush to write the questions or whatever. And I was like, Katie, could you make me a kiss deal real quick? Uh, and she was like, do you like sriracha? And it's like. Yeah, I guess so. And she's like, "Okay, good," because the 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 cap fell off, and it's now there's like a ton in there. So I was like, "Uh, it can't be that bad." And the second I bent into it, I was like, <laughs> "So I had hiccups for like ten minutes just from oh like spice, half a bottle of sriracha hitting my." He's stomach, like, "I so. think my girlfriend tried to poison me." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "You said you like it, right? You piece of shit." No. Uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. You. Okay, so I want to dive more into CBD as a supplement. It's become very popular. I'm sure everyone's seen it all over social media. Like um, yeah. now my phone hears me talking. I'm going to get like 10 targeted ads after <laughs> yeah. this. Um, but it's definitely blown up. In your opinion, do you know? Do you think this is a fad? Is it just BS or is there actual science evidence and merit to this? Yeah, I think it's a, a little bit of, of everything. Um so I think because before, you know, it is a part of marijuana that it was kind of like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is this is the legal part. So, like, we can sell it and it won't be um, taken down by the federal government or the state governments or whatever local provinces you're in. So that was that's a plus. Right. People are like, yes, here's like as close to we can get um, to marijuana as legally possible. Um, I think that was a big thing. Uh, now, I think. It's important to understand that USADA, um, which is the, uh, what is it, USA Drug Administration, they uh, they took it off their illegal list or their banned substance list. 
So now like professional sports athletes and Olympians and NCAA uh, athletes, they can use it. And so because they can use it, more people are like, oh, that feel better. And that means that people are hearing these people say these things. And they're like, oh, well, it's probably good for me too. Um, So that's, that's, I think, also part of it. Uh, And the other thing is like, it's a new supplement. There's always hype around a new supplement. Like this is going to change your fucking life and blah, blah, blah. And even if it's not true, if you're a good company with a lot of money, you can really squeeze something for a couple years and then just move on to the next thing. So um, I think it's kind of kind of a combination of all of that. Uh, that being said, it, I think there is a lot of basis for it being like the next big thing, specifically in, in recovery. Um, and I think that's kind of helped by the fact that we've pushed so hard into the we need to perform super heavy, super fast at all times. And now we've talked, like we talked about in previous episodes, the pendulum swinging back. And it's like, it's not about how hard you can go every day. It's like, how well are you recovering between those? It's going to like set you apart. And so because that pendulum has shifted, now it's like, hey, well, we have something that's going to help you potentially recover a lot better, which means you'll be able to perform a lot better consistently. Um, There is, like I said, like a lot of research coming out um, that it can attenuate or uh, I guess uh, drop uh, immune cell accumulation. Uh, It can stimulate anti-inflammatory properties. It reduces pro-inflammatories. It reduces reactive oxygen species, reactive oxygen species. So all these things that we hear about when they're increased, they're bad for you. It can decrease all of these things. And that's like come out study after study after study. And so hearing that, I think there is a lot of basis for it, for it being like a good thing. Um, but then we get into the tricky parts about like, you know, how much is it the same for everyone? Does it depend on the exercise and like, you know, all the things that, that come with supplements and kind of their ideas with that. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's all four of those things, a little mix. I know it's like, oh, there might be a little truth sprinkled in. It might just be trendy. Well, hopefully we'll know soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we've talked, We I think we actually did a whole podcast, didn't we, about reducing inflammation? No, we, so we, and I know we have to do one specifically on that, but we talked about how like carbohydrates can, mm. or, I, it was it was with uh, Hunter, Dr. Hunter Waldman. We got into some inflammatory stuff. Nice. Yeah, we need to do a whole podcast on this, and I but I know we've covered it yeah. at some point. Um, and you've mentioned kind of that tie back to CBD. So I know that you're reducing your gains. Like inflammation can mean you're reducing your gains or exercise adaptions. Is this not the same thing? When it comes to pain management, why not just take, you know, Aleve, aspirin, something like that? <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, I, I think we've, we've advocated a lot um, on how, like, soreness and inflammation, like, those are processes that need to happen in order for you to get those adaptations, whether it's, like, getting faster or, you know, specifically muscle hypertrophy, um, which is why we say, like, you know, if you're trying to gain muscle, uh, going for a run right away, you know, and, and kind of modulating that um, response may be detrimental just a little bit. Or like, hey, I just 
crush this workout. Now I'm going to go sit in an ice bath so that I have less, less inflammation. Like, yeah, that, that may be a bad thing. Um, that's kind of the same thought process when you pop an NSAID. So like an Aleve and ibuprofen, whatever, uh, is that it does decrease inflammation. That's, that's the whole point. Um, but because inflammation is such an, a, an important response to exercise that it may also be taking away your gains. So it does act on the mitochondria um, by decreasing the efficiency uh, of the uh, all those complexes. So, you know, the electron transport chain kind of moves from one complex to another in order to get energy from the powerhouse of the cell. Um, but an NSAID is going to make that less efficient by blocking it or just slowing it down or maybe decreasing some enzymes. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but I know for sure that they act on mitochondria um, themselves. There's also some research out there that it may affect the actual process of muscle cell proliferation. So even if it doesn't affect like the, the inflammatory response when it comes to muscles, the actual ability of like satellite cells moving to heal broken down muscles, which is what happens when you work out, um, may be affected by taking ibuprofen or um, Aleve or something. And so knowing that or thinking about that, I think it's a good guess for you to be like, well, if CBD is going to decrease these things, like, doesn't that mean that I'm also going to like decrease my adaptations? Like, you're over here telling me that like, if I'm going to have less inflammation, I'm not going to get as big. Why is CBD any different? Like, what the hell? You know what I mean? And, you know, I could say like, oh, well, for health purposes, like you you should try and decrease inflammation, which is what we talked about before. Um, but you're right. Like there's there's that's what you should be thinking. That should be like your first go to, especially if we're trying to gain mass. Um, go check out the last episode. So, yeah, the the really important thing, though, is that like there's very strong evidence that CBD uh, doesn't. And I have like this huge smile on my face because I was like, fuck yes, when I found this. Super cheesy. Uh, that, <laughs> that, it, that it doesn't decrease the, the, the ability for those muscle cells to, to proliferate. So specifically in rats uh, and in, in cells, right, there's, there's been uh, a lot of um, evidence. And, and I say a lot of, and it's relative because like there's still not a lot in CBD, but so far, uh, the direction is pointing to it does decrease inflammation, it does not decrease anabolic signaling, and it does not decrease uh, like muscle cell proliferation. So what I mean by that is there's a study that came out like a month ago um, in rats that said, you know, there was an, a decrease in TNF1, or I'm sorry, TNF alpha, IL-6, like all of these um, pro-inflammatories that we've talked about before that are always bad in people's eyes, um, it'll decrease all of that. But the mTOR pathway was still upregulated, which is like fucking crazy. Because this is blowing my mind. Yeah, Those influencers yeah. are right. Like when, uh, this is the yeah. magic. This is the magic. <laughs> I shit. know, right? I was like, damn it. They they always know before the scientists know. <laughs> um, you know, there's a bunch of caveats, but like it, it really it really was like crazy to see that like in in rats, like these these living things that. You can have decreases in that, but you're not going to have decreases in anabolic signaling. Now, 
that's an, in in an acute sense. So that's also something that's really important to understand because if you have it once, right, like, cool, my, my games won't get affected in this one workout. Uh, I don't think anything's been done for like eight weeks, you know, so if you have eight weeks of training, and you're trying to get bigger, whatever, and every day you're supplementing a certain amount of CBD, like, is that going to affect it? Maybe like, I, that's what I can't say yes or no to at yet. But acutely at least if you're like really just fucking feeling horrible and you're beat up you shouldn't feel guilty about well you shouldn't feel guilty anyway but like you shouldn't feel guilty about being like i'll just take some cbd right now this is not going to affect me one day again i should stress that i don't know about consistently using it um so yeah there, there was that with the m2 activation um the other thing that blew my mind and so it, when I was doing this, when I came up with this idea that I wanted to do for my research like a year and a half ago, and I was like, CBD has to do something like, I don't know why somebody talked to me about it. And I was like, this is all bullshit. It has to be. I want to test it. Like, this is going to be my thing now. And so I read all these studies and I'm trying to come up with like a dissertation topic and blah, blah, blah. And I'm talking to Dr. A and he's like, yeah, you know, you're, you're saying all these things, but like, there's a missing link that like you have not shown me yet that like, where is it? And I mean, I have like, I don't know, 30, 30 different PDFs that I've read all of and I have notes on and I'm like, da -da -da -da, fuck, not what I'm looking for. Da -da -da -da, fuck, not what I'm looking for. Just like combing for one little thing. And so I got so excited when I kind of found it. And so this was a paper in 2019 um, by Ianati, I think is how you pronounce their last name. Um, and the title, if you want to check it out and you can, you can understand cell stuff is effects of non-euphoric plant cannabinoids on muscle quality and performance of dystrophic MDX mice. Um, so really the effects of CBD on muscle quality and performance of, uh, a specific type of mouse, uh, that has like not great muscle cells, um, and so they breed them so that they can do a bunch of research on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? dystrophic MDX mice. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like it's really cool because they 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 make all these like different lines of cells or or um, rats that have like one deficiency, so they can be like, cool. Let's just like knock out this to see if this works, or whatever. But anyway, um, so when they gave them CBD, um, they found that the usual that there were decreases in uh, TNF alpha, IL six reactive oxygen species, blah, 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 all stuff that seems standard now, but like is really cool in its own right. But what really blew my mind is that it showed not only not a decrease, but an increase in M mRNA expression of myogenin, myosin heavy chains, and troponin T1. Um, so when, when we say like mRNA expression, we mean that like it's what we can quantify to see if work is being done. So, you know, DNA, we all have it, but like mRNA is kind of what sends the signal to like make more DNA and blah, blah, blah. So if you have increased expression of that, that means that more signal is being sent to make more of whatever. And specifically the whatever is myogenin, mouse and heavy chains, and troponin T1. And all these things are like <laughs> pretty foundational and fundamental things to muscle cells. Um, so troponin T1 and myogenin are markers of differentiating satellite cells. Um, and what that means is, you know, 
Um, you get like a muscle cell that turns into a myofibril and then that turns into a myofiber. And so it's kind of like how cells become muscles. And those two, troponin T1 and myogenin, are really saying like, hey, we increased our ability to have um, an actual like muscle cell. So not only did we get these cells to just kind of show up, but for them to kind of come together, which is really, really cool because when we think about, you know, you tearing down muscles as you exercise, this is like, this is going to help you heal faster. This is that almost that like uh, golden ticket that everyone's been looking for. It's like, how do I get my muscles to, to ink, you know, to heal faster without it, you know, being detrimental because I'm reducing my, um, my inflammation. Um, and then mouse and heavy chains, uh, they, they further help to like regenerate the actual myofiber. Um, so anyone that, you know, knows basic muscle physiology is like there's actin and myosin that work on each other in order for there to be contractions and in order for you to move. So if we have like an increase in mouse and heavy chains, then we can kind of start to think about like this being an actual repair of our ability to continue to do work. Um, and so that, that blew my mind because that's exactly what I was looking for. Like how is CBD actually doing anything to the muscle? Because if it didn't, then my muscle research was going to go nowhere because I, I wouldn't have had really any sort of basis. Um, but this was it. And I like, I have it screenshotted. I have exactly like where it was in the paper. Um, and they found this in not only those mice, but in human cells. So, you know, they grew those cells and so they're not in vivo. Um, but, you know, if, if we can down the road get like muscle biopsies where we can actually see what's going on, uh, then I think that we can assume uh, that we would see the same thing. But obviously like humans are not just cells. So there's a lot of things that may change it or not. But it's like the first step in trying to figure out how CBD might actually be affecting like your muscles. So the big takeaway, if you're like, what the fuck did you just say for the past 10 minutes? <laughs> is that like CBD decreases inflammation, but and there's evidence that it still has the ability to increase muscle cell like proliferation. So like making more muscle cells, which is fucking psychotic. It's really cool. Uh, and so like, you know, I'm still very much a skeptic because I'm a scientist, but I feel like a like a like a dog whose like bone is like right across the fence and I'm like, you're right there, man. Like, <laughs> come on, I want this so badly. Uh to be a thing for my own research, but also like, you know, for the health of people in general, but then also specifically athletes. Because if that's mm -hmm. correct, then I mean you can really start to push athletes and be like, Cool, here's this specific amount, and I know you're gonna come back better next time. Um yeah, if it has it, like healing properties and this yeah. benefit plus performance, like that, mm -hmm. that's a fucking game changer right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like not uh, a steroid, you know, like, you know, say what you want about steroids, but they fucking work. <laughs> they, they work super well. Um, but yeah, this is something that like, even even for for the everyday person, if you're like a construction worker and you're like, hey, like I feel beat because that's very 
labor inducing work, like have some CBD and, and you can go back to work and not feel like crap. Like that's really awesome. Um, and I think that even, even if it turns out that like some of this is not true or if all of it's not true or anything, um, there has been, there's a lot of research saying that CBD uh, helps with sleep for majority of people. And so at a minimum, if you can increase your sleep quality and the time you spend sleeping, like maybe just do it for those reasons and not, not because like, you know, your muscles are going to get like bigger or something, but, um, yeah, I have to like hold myself back because I'm like, fuck yes, everyone, everyone get on CBD, everyone get high and, and smoke all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I mean, super cool stuff. But please, please send me, me messages. So I want to, this really leads me to my next question though. Yeah. So in your opinion, you know, do you think this is a supplement that if someone's active, they should go ahead and be taking it for the possible benefit since we know it's not necessarily quite that harmful? Should people who are sick be taking it? Is this like, you know, are there certain people that should be staying away from it? Like based on everything you've read and your opinion so far, you know, doing your research for your dissertation, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, the, the go-to answer is it depends, right? Um, I think that it's it's relatively, you know, so because I, I have a, a buddy within like the CBD seltzer business, uh, CBD is relatively cheap to manufacture and to put in things, but the markup on it is pretty fucking high because you can get like one of those like tincture things and it's like 60 bucks and you're like, what the fuck for this? Like, I'm just going to put it on... Um, you know, underneath my tongue and I'm supposed to feel better. Um, it's one of those things where if you have everything in check already and you have, you're like financially sound because some of the stuff does get expensive, uh, then definitely like try it, see how you feel on it. Um, try to uh, have different dosages and stuff because at the end of the day, like it, it all depends on, there, there's so many, um, people that will respond differently. Uh, what we know about genetics and especially these, the receptors, like you may have an endocannabinoid system that is not as prevalent as, as someone else. So even, even knowing that it's like, oh, this isn't affecting me. Like, yeah, you just have, have less for some reason. That's just kind of how your genetics work. Um, if you maybe were someone who did engage in like if you're a 70s baby and you're like oh, i got high all the time uh there may be a chance that you i don't want to say you fried those receptors but those receptors may not be as um like as as potent or as as active uh when you have cbd because it's like well you know like we got so burned out that we don't even use these anymore um or we can't use them anymore so my initial answer without sounding like, like a shill and someone who is like, you know, making money off of this because I'm not right. Not yet. Anyway. Um, it's like, <laughs> it's, you try it. If it works for you, if you, you know, get better sleep, you feel better than, then yeah, for sure. Keep doing it. Um, it's relatively inexpensive when you compare it to some of the other supplements. I mean, if you're paying 60 bucks for pre-workout, then you can pay 60 bucks for CBD because, you know, it, it, that's probably going to help you more long-term than just, you know, a scoop of pre-workout to the dome right before. Um, if you're sick, obviously, obviously talk to your doctor. Um, but you know, there, there's some merit to those, to those people who 
have seizures and stuff. And then they're like, yeah, I have CBD and I, I don't, I don't seize anymore. Like I don't feel tense anymore. Um, and that's anecdotal, but also like there's a lot of research backing that up. So I don't know something, something that isn't going to hurt you really in any way. Um, so definitely try it for, for yourself. If it's something that, if I've convinced you, if it sounds interesting, but I think no. my only advice, and I don't know, you know, as much as you, um, I know very little. I agree. So. Well, I agree with the idea of like, you try, you try it out, and anecdotal evidence does it work or not. Um, I know personally, it's been really, really helpful for me to sleep. I take mm-hmm. it every night as part of my recovery, unwind time. It's part of my routine, and I've really dialed in a dose that works for me. Only people that should be super careful. Um, tactical athletes, if you're listening, first responders, um, anyone who has to take a drug test for your profession, yeah. I would just be wary because I have heard of, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes depending on if like the full spectrum and different types of CBD, they can trigger a drug test. So I would just make sure clarify, you know, with whoever you're working with, that's really cool. Professional sports has, you know, those governing bodies have said like, it's cool to use CBD. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing uh, about popping, like, uh, or getting popped for a test, is like because because uh, they are lipids, they get stored in fatty tissue. So if you're someone who kind of carries around more more fat than you know your um, your ten percent friend, so if you're like a firefighter, right, who already has like shitty sleep, uh, is probably a little bit overweight just because like their food isn't that great. Um, CBD and especially THC. Uh, can linger into your or can linger within your fatty tissue for a really really long time um and if you're using it consistently it'll it'll kind of like saturate your fatty tissue so even when you stop what it's doing is it's excreting it into uh your your blood and so maybe if it's been a couple weeks like you may still pop because depending on how much you had like your body stored that stuff because it can use it um almost in like a withdrawal mechanism of like, like, Hey, uh, we don't, we don't have that anymore. So we're going to push it out. But also like, as you expend energy and you start to go through lipolysis or you, you are burning fat, then yeah, the, the tissue that was soaked in, um, any form of cannabinoid is going to no longer be there. So that's going to, to secrete into the bloodstream. So that's a really good point. Um, definitely. Thanks for bringing that up. But um, also why it becomes very difficult for me to find subjects because people are like, yeah, I haven't smoked in like two months. And I'm like, ah, fuck, I can't use you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it's, funny. Uh, I didn't even think about it that. sucks. Yeah. Such is life. Amazing. Oh, it. No. Well, as always, Ro, you're just an amazing source of information and knowledge. And <laughs> yes, I, right what I put in there. I, and I'm God's tried, gift to earth. And <laughs> I tried really hard, but I think you could hear the disdain in my voice. Um, no, but for real, I do. I oh, always shit. appreciate your knowledge bombs. But um, still, when using CBD, you know, there's also this like dosing part of it. Yeah. You know, do you have any feedback there or is there anything that the research has said about where to start for someone yeah no <laughs> that's that's the the that's super shitty thing i know it's like i'm like here's this golden ticket you're like how do i get it i'm like i don't fucking know um it's definitely like the the most heartbreaking from a from a like a practitioner standpoint right because 
we have pretty good data on, hey, if you have X amount of caffeine, you're going to perform better. Or, you know, if you do X amount of sleep, you're going to feel better. Um, when it comes to CBD, we I, there's not a way we can quantify it yet um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, like I said, CBD sources, a lot of them can be garbage. Um, if you just go down to like your neighborhood CBD store where they make gummies and they make whatever, um, there's no way to tell how much they're putting in there. And there's no way to tell like the potency of what they're getting. Uh, I, have, I have a friend who... She said that she used to work at like a, a smoke shop and when they made the CBD stuff, they would kind of like, just like, yep, fuck that, throw that in there. So there's no way to like say how much was in there. And from like a business standpoint, if you buy a whole vat of like CBD oil or hemp oil and you're like, yeah, we can just kind of skim off and like just put a little there. We're not lying when we say that these are like CBD gummies, but we're also not being truthful because we don't know how much is in there. Um, so, you know, if, if you see something that says like 500 milligrams of whatever, like ask for papers or sources if you can, right? Some people might be like, no, 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 it's just kind of what our supplier says. Then take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, there are some companies that are coming out now where they have those papers. Like um, my, the, the CBD that I'm using is CBD cream um, for my, for my study. And then they also were like, really great about giving me a placebo, which is the exact same cream, except it doesn't have the hemp oil in it. But you they have like a QR code in the back. So you scan the QR code and it sends you to the website and it tells you like the vat and like what production it was and how much is in there and blah, blah, blah. And so I think that that'll become the standard when and if the FDA decides to like regulate this stuff. So as much as people don't like regulation and stuff, they're also... The reason why you know how much is in something because it they have to have mm -hmm. a certain standard but because it's unregulated now people can kind of just do whatever um and i think I, when i was going through those studies there was one study that said 70 i think percent of the cbd um products in mississippi uh were mislabeled meaning they said it had X amount and it was like not even close. Uh, and I just remember reading that and being like, oh yeah, fuck. Like we, we don't know. Like we really don't know, which is also the same reason. And this is kind of a, another tangent why we don't like pre-workouts that have, um, what's it called? Proprietary uh, blend. Proprietary blend. Fuck yeah, that yeah. shit. <laughs> because they're like, oh yeah, it has this, this, and this in it. Citrulline and everything. But it's like, they could put literally a, a like a speck of dust in there and be like, count it. It works. Um, so like every other supplement, like, you know, count through and see like how much is actually, uh, in there. Um, That's and even really then, point. if you have the perfect amount, you know what it is like, then it's like, well, how do I use it? Should it be a topical cream? Should I smoke it? Should I eat it? Should I put it underneath my tongue and do it sublingually? Like we don't know because, because in research there's, it, everything moves so slowly, right? But even if we find that something doesn't work with smoking it, then maybe it just wasn't the right dose, right? So then we're going to double it and then we're going to triple it. And then we're going to get to some insane amount and be like, oh yeah, it works. But then you would have to take something like 6,000 milligrams a day. And you're like, what the fuck? How am I going to do that? You know? Um, and so some of the things when it comes to, like when I think about all of the limitations for when you can have it, if you smoke it, right? It's there's a lot of 
cannabinoid receptors that kind of line the lungs. Um, and the lungs are very close to a, a, the blood source, right? Like you breathe, oxygen goes in, it's all through there. But it's still very difficult to quantify how much you actually like inhaled and how much was used. So that, not sure. When it comes to a topical cream, even though that's what I'm using for my studies, for now, um, we don't even know it's going to permeate the skin. Right? We know that there are CB receptors on the skin, which is really great. Um, but does that mean that it's going to translate to the muscles? Or is there some that doesn't get picked up by the CB receptors on the skin, goes a little lower, somehow makes it into the muscle, and then can be used for the muscle? Like, have no idea. And even if it does, do I have to put a whole fucking tub of lotion on my arm just to feel better? You know, like how much vigorous rubbing do I have to do before <laughs> it's on there? Like I tell you what, no, I will get into that. But um, oh, yeah, it, <laughs> it's like how many CB receptors are on my penis? Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like <laughs> that's a blood source. So yeah, so there's that for the topical cream. You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> and then when it comes to ingesting it, I think this is, so originally I was going to do research based on um, ingesting CBD, but the bioavailability of CBD is like atrocious, which means that you can have a lot of it and it just gets digested. None of it really gets pulled into the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when people are like, yeah, I just have like a gummy and I feel great or like it helps me. It's like, well, like, does it? You know, we, we really don't know because does that does that mean that each each uh gummy is 500 milligrams or is it the whole bag and if you're having two out of the 40 you're like okay well that's like that's not even close to being 10 percent of it so there's like all of these marketing gimmicks too where you have to be like is this tub 300 milligrams or is it every time i scored out four milliliters like what am i getting here um i think the sublingual stuff probably makes do. the most amount of sense because mm -hmm. of all of the blood receptor or the uh, receptors that are there and it's so close to the bloodstream because it's such a, a thin membrane and it's not being digested so like you're bypassing all of the the mucous membranes and like everything that just destroys food um to digest it and that's probably where i've felt it the most as well um casey got some free thing for being a nurse and i was like oh, i'll pop this and I would wake up because I would also take it like 11, right? Because I don't go to sleep before midnight ever. Um, and I would wake up and I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm so hungover. Like, it, it just like, I mean, it knocked me the fuck out. And there's no other way to put it. Like, it just did. Um, but I don't ever feel that when I, like, put a cream on or uh, ingest it through any sort of uh, gummy or seltzer water or things like that. So it's like. It's one of those things where I'm like, here's all this awesome data. Now, we don't know how to dose it. And even if we knew how to dose it, we don't know which modality works best. Um, and then the modality is going to be different for everyone. Again, like if sublingually it doesn't work, you may be someone who has a lot of CB receptors on the skin. And so a cream may be really good for you. So... It's just one of those things that it's going to take a lot of time for us as scientists to be like, for sure, this is what it should be. Um, and for you all as people who use it to be like, yeah, this works for me and this this doesn't. But I mean, well, like I, even – oh, sorry. Go ahead. You brought up a really good point though. You're like, essentially, this is a supplement right now, especially in states where it's not heavily regulated. I think it's yeah. – I don't know a ton about it, but it sounds like it's different 
in places like Colorado, for instance, where it's legal and highly regulated. But I know in the market in North Carolina, it's not, you know, marijuana and cannabis aren't all legal, but they do sell CBD products. And there's not really like, just like we tell you all to, we warn you about reading the labels, doing your homework on a company, making sure they do third party testing for purity and standards for every batch. Like that's really important. Mm -hmm. So hold your CBD to the same exact standard of all the things we taught you about supplements, like pretty much because it's just not unfortunately quite as regulated yet. And I'm with you. I think, I think it should be, you know, legalized, regulated and tested really to protect the consumer and to have a lot of clarity Mm -hmm. there, I think will be the most important thing in the future. Yeah. And again, like you need that because then you can know that if this, like the, the one of the rat papers I was looking at, I'm sorry, mirroring models I was looking at, it was like 60 milligrams per kilogram. And you're like, okay, if I'm in a hundred kilogram male, <laughs> that's Jesus. a shit ton of CBD that I have to have. You know what I mean? So, you know, and it's not like you can just like inject it in yourself like you can for, for a mouse. Um, so yeah, it, when it comes to like figuring out if, if you're gonna, if you're like, I'm going to try it, like, know that you may have to have like a, a pretty good amount of it for it to for it to work and then i may come on you know in in a year or we may re- revisit this and more research comes out and i'm like fuck guys it actually does the opposite or you know blah 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 cbd is not effective or this and that only because it's such a growing field so even everything i said here take the grain of salt definitely check it out yourself but like this is a an expanding field. It's moving quickly. This is what I want to research in. If I decide to stay in academia, it's kind of where my research will go. It's where my dissertation's going. So, like, please, please send me questions, um, cool studies you might know about, uh, maybe things you would like to collaborate on as far as like research ideas or anything. I'm like, I'm so invested in this stuff. This thing, I think it's so cool. Um, and again, I'll probably have a supplement line in like 10 years. So <laughs> should be, should be good. Be that the health unfiltered CBD. <laughs> so <laughs> the future. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I found this that really interesting. Me. I didn't, you know, I definitely learned a lot. That was really exciting. I know I'm really excited yeah, to see same. where your research takes you. Me too. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. So that's like to buy from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's like that's like another thing we, have, we didn't even touch my research and we won't get too into it but it's like these things i'm talking about are like muscles you know but like does that translate to performance like when that's do you an even start... deeper level right because like what i'm gonna when do you start doing all this yeah when do you um, start all the so research? i had a bit of a snafu with uh with irb for the past couple months um which you know i i respect and understand irb so i can't be mad about it um but COVID also kind of knocked some things um my timeline a little lower or, or a little back because it's like right now we can only do studies that are either funded or have or our dissertations um and mine wasn't outright funded but i made a case saying that um the product they gave us was like thirteen or $3,000 worth of product. Like that's funding. Uh, and also like, we don't know. Another question is like how, if CBD can 
how long has it been on the shelf? Like, is it still potent after X amount of time? Uh, uh, so they did push it through and they're like, cool, send it in again, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I was supposed to start like last month, um, try to squeeze in a study before my dissertation. Um, but now I, I'll be able to start it kind of like end of May, beginning of June, um, which just means that my summer got like super busy or a lot busier than I thought it was going to be because I'll have to pump out like June, July, August um because what i want to do is take this research and depending on what comes out of it my dissertation will kind of go deeper um so you know just as a as a as a quick thing um i'm looking at exercise induced muscle damage so i'm going to run subjects through a protocol that is going to leave you sore as fuck you're going to have like really high markers of muscle damage i'm going to check your blood you know all that stuff um, and then we're going to give you a placebo or a CBD cream uh, and then test um, your vertical jump, like power production, um, all these uh, like sprint time and things like that so that we can make it more applicable to athletes. And so they'll do that once, three weeks will go by to kind of wash out any sort of soreness they might have um, and then do it again. And so if we see a huge difference in, in anything – right? And one of the six things that I'm testing, then cool, we'll run with that. And then we'll also be able to do like muscle biopsies where I can take a chunk out of your leg, see if there are increases in um, mRNA expression of whatever. Um, but again, because it's a topical cream, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to permeate the skin or not. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm super excited because even no is an answer. So I know I'm excited. I'm like, fuck yeah. You have to so, do like another when you start to get into the weeds. We'll have to do another episode of like how it's going and like how you're feeling and like like, more I stuff you learn. Everything sucks. <laughs> I loved but, it. Yeah. Thank you for all the knowledge bombs, bro. Yeah, thanks for letting me talk about the shit. I it's so funny people ask me and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, let me tell you. And I just like I got all these go studies this right rant. here in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, uh, you just talk really fast. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about it. Um, but yeah, thanks for letting me talk about this stuff. This is. I love this shit. And like I said, send me any questions you might have. Like, I'm looking at this from all angles. So, fuck yeah. Nice. Well, to close us out, um, quick updates on what's going on with the gang. Uh-huh. Ro and Nicole are both currently accepting clients. Ro is our clear, clear master of all things muscle exercise <laughs> performance. I'm going to start calling you like a... I'm going to call you like the muscle wizard or like something ridiculous. <laughs> um, I'll take Nicole is our intuitive handle. eating, health at every size dietitian. Um, and she's amazing and accepting clients. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited to watch her practice grow. Um, mm-hmm. I do all things athletic performance, body recomp. Uh, and I currently have a wait list for my one-on-one coaching. And if you hop on the wait list now, which is early April, you'll most likely get a spot opening up in mid to late May. So definitely reach out to all of us if you have questions about what we do, if you think it would be a good fit. You know, we're always here to help answer questions and see. We would love to work with some of you amazing listeners. Yes. Um, definitely follow us. <laughs> some of us. you not. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, I'm wary of... Uh, you know, never mind. I'm not even going to make yeah. a comment. I'm just going to stop. I wasn't even drinking bourbon tonight. Uh, I don't want to offend anyone. I already got Paula Dean pissed. That's right. Follow, she follow us at Health Unfiltered yeah. Pod on IG. Definitely Shit, keep Paula those Dean. question of the week. 
coming. We, we love good questions, um, whether it's fitness, it's life. It can even be personal. Hell, we don't care. Ask us a question. We love it. Uh, rate us, share us, and leave a review only if you're nice. And on that note, I'm going to let you take us out, Ro. <laughs> Cue that music. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Love it. <laughs>